Welcome back to the Modern Fedora Podcast. I'm your host, Dominic, and I'm joined by my loyal co-host, Noah. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on what time is wherever you are. Well, it's been a long week. It has, for sure. (laughs) But we made it to Thursday, and you all know what that means. It means that a new scale is in store. That's right, guys and gals. So today we are talking about a skill that I believe most take for granted. And that is the skill of defending yourself. Mm, seems like a pretty layered topic. Yeah, it really is. But true to our style, we'll be covering just the basics in this first episode. And then we may, or probably will, have follow-up episodes later on getting more into detail. So to get us started, could you tell us why this is a gentleman's skill in the first place, Noah? Absolutely. One of the qualities of being a gentleman is being able to take care of yourself. Because if you can't do that, then, you know, what's the point? Or also to be self-sufficient. So it makes sense that you should be able to protect yourself and potentially the ones you love, your friends and your family. Excellent. So true. A gentleman should be able to move about freely in his or her, if you're a female listener, through their environment without too much worry. But before we get into any techniques, let's clarify what defense we're talking about. We're not saying that you should go learn martial arts or something, you know, like (laughs) Maga or karate or whatever. No, we're not telling you that we are definitely not telling you to start carrying a gun we are not for that we we don't do that here (laughs) we're gentlemen on this channel yes even though james bond was we're we're not spies we're not no this is more about awareness and utilizing everyday items that you have on you to defend your life if it comes down if you know if you have to you know if it's a, a mugger just Give him what he wants. But if it comes down to your life, then that's what this episode is for. Yeah, don't go around looking for a fight. Just have (laughs) awareness. Let's get into it. Our first segment today is about using things that you have on you. Now... If you Google self-defense, you will have a lot of wacky, bulky, probably illegal in your state weapons. Most likely. But I'm going to let you in on a, a little secret. You don't need these contraptions to protect yourself. <gasps> what? I know. Crazy. But you don't. How dare you say that? <laughs> yeah. You don't want to go grocery shopping with a 50-pound tactical vest on loaded with batons and swords and mace. No. No. We're not in a movie. <laughs> no. Yeah. We're not. This ain't an apocalypse. No. Well, I mean, with, it, with everything. It looks like one, but it's not. It looks like one, but yeah. <laughs> the, the first item in your in your pockets is something I believe 90% of us carry wherever you go. I, I definitely do. Um, But it's our keys. And you might be saying, I already knew that. And that's okay. That's not, you know, uh, very uh, surprising. Especially if you're a female. Uh, Sadly, you've probably have been taught how to defend yourself against a male attacker if need be. But do you know... Well-circulated method. Yes. But do you know the proper way to use them? 
Yeah, that's really a good question because is there a wrong way to do it? Well, I don't know if I'd say necessarily wrong, but there are definitely some more effective and less effective ways to do it. One of the ways to not do it is Wolverine style. (laughs) You know, you put the key between your knuckles and stab stab. That's the wrong way. It for sure sounds effective when you hear it in theory. Oh, definitely. But when you think about it, you can pick out potential risks of doing that. For example, one, damage to your own hands. You're putting a metal, probably little, uh, a jagged piece of metal, okay? Just have that uh, in your mind in between sensitive soft tissue between your fingers. Now, that may not sound bad, but if you think about the anatomy of your hand, you have tendons, you Mm -hmm. have muscle that can be damaged by striking with too much force, or if the key slips and comes back and, you know, cuts you on on accident, like, there's so many risks and damages that can happen. Yeah, it's metal, and not only could you be doing potentially permanent damage to your hands, because, like, Noah said the tendons and stuff, that stuff doesn't recover. That sharp pain from striking and that damaging your hands can cause you to drop your keys. And then there goes your weapon. (laughs) You're back to square one. And if the bad guy picks them up, now you're also locked out of your house or car or your means of safety and escape. Yeah, that's that's not very good. And uh, don't forget, this is not a movie. We are not in a movie. We are not Hugh Jackman. We are not, um, we're not a famous actor. You know, we're not. We're not superheroes. We're not superheroes. Sadly, as much as a lot of us wish that we were yeah. sometimes, especially for a parent, we wish we had eight arms to do everything that we had to do. But you don't want to be right next to the bad guy. If you can punch them, you're too close. Because now the assailant can attack you, and if he's he if the assailant has studied, you know, like Krabagar karate, then you have no chance because you you have yeah. you're not going to do that. Yeah, it's very likely that your attacker will be stronger than you, or at least as strong as you, because they're out to attack people. That's what they're doing. So you don't want them to be able to grab you. So this is why, even as we're talking about this, this is like the last ditch effort. You have to do this. So how do we use a key as a proper self-defense weapon? Well, the main thing that we talked about is is distance between you and your possible assailant. Now, you know, just like with this COVID-19, six feet apart, that's probably, you know, a goal you, you that you want to keep keep them at a distance, but if they don't respect that, or you're against a wall, then you know that distance is getting smaller and smaller. One way to to do this uh, is by having some sort of handle on your keys to give you a little more reach. Maybe a a carabiner, or I don't know if I'll say this right, but a cub Kubatan, uh, a small a bamboo weapon that attaches uh, to your keychain for swinging. 
or I have a lanyard as well that works pretty well. <laughs> yeah, definitely sounds pretty helpful. Yes. The second idea for gaining distance is, as I mentioned, a lanyard or a chain of sorts to make a swinging ball. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but if you ever have been hit with <laughs> metal, uh, I have, as I mentioned in one of the other um, uh, episodes, I've worked in uh construction and i've been hit with metal um on occasion it hurts really bad (laughs) so if you can swing that thing at a a great distance aim for the face or or or, you know whatever it's gonna hurt really bad yeah i really like this idea i personally don't use a lanyard but if i did i would use this method because then you got some momentum going you know and as long as it doesn't get like yoinked out of your hand (laughs) It serves a good purpose. Yeah, you probably hit yourself with keys on a lanyard because everybody does that. So you know the pain that can ensue from this weapon. Yes, if you've seen any movies and you know that when an inexperienced person tries to use nunchucks, it always ends badly. That yeah. That is what can happen <laughs> if you do that with your keys. <laughs> yeah, if there's no other option to flee, you have to protect your life. And that's when you have to use these keys as a weapon. Agreed. Agreed. So that was uh, keys with a distance. But but uh, what if we don't have a lanyard? Or again, don't know if I'm going to say this right. A kubaton. I think it's kubaton. I think. I think it's kubaton. Um, if you need to be close, then uh, listen. First, make a fist around the key. Make sure that the sharp side is coming out. Uh, the bottom or pinky side. Okay, I can see that. It's kind of like a little, uh, like a spike or something. What are our striking methods for this? So it's pretty simple. Okay, if you are poking a key in fist, then go for soft places. <laughs> Eyes, throat, solar plexus, etc. If you're swinging, then go for places with lots of bones. Um for example, the, the hands. The hands will hurt more than the forearm because, you know, there's not as much uh, skin and muscle and tissue to protect your hands than there is in the arm. You know, if you've... Okay, I just picture this. If you've ever hit your arm on the table or your car door or something, you know, it's like, oh, that hurts. Or if you've hit it on a door handle walking by, you're like, oh, that hurts. But have you hit your hand on the same door handle, it hurts so much worse because there's not as much protection. Yeah, definitely. You have all those little bones and stuff in your hands that are so brittle. So thanks for all that information. No problem. But remember, this is a last-ditch effort. This is like you're, I don't know, in a parking garage and you can't keep that distance open and he's pinned you up against a corner you know, and you're afraid this is the, you can't escape. There's no option. There's no one around. You can't. This is the last effort. The last, last, last effort. Last thing. You, you know, don't just, you know, you think that someone's going to do something and you stab them. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. And if you see a bad guy, don't automatically grab your keys and gear up for a fight. Like, get away if you can. That's why there's police for that. (laughs) Yes. 
<laughs> this is like you can't call the police because you know he's gonna you know the assailant is gonna is gonna hear and you know it's bad this is the last if there's an option to escape always escape it doesn't make you any less of a man or a woman if you escape you know if you can't yeah. escape get out of there as fast as you can and then you know find a populated area act act like you're on the run you know escape find a populated area and then and then look for help yes so that's our first defense tool that you have on you keys the second one is a pen I mean, they say the pen is mightier than the sword, right? In this case, for sure, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) So why is a pen a good option? Well, I have two reasons. One, because it's inconspicuous. Pens are used for writing. That's what people think. Everyone has a pen. And two, because it's very effective. And this means especially if you're a woman that carries a purse or a man that has a briefcase or a job where you carry a pen around in your pocket or something like that, Now, just to clarify real quick the pen that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a plastic pen with a removable cap that you get at the dollar store. No. I'm talking about a pen with a 100% stainless steel barrel. And they aren't that expensive either. You'll want a Zebra F400 or F700 stainless steel pen. And this isn't that hard to find either. You can get them at Walmart. You get it on Amazon. It costs about $7. Yeah, and... All these instructions that we give you aren't, like, to kill your assailant. It's for incapacitating them long enough so you can get away. And so this pen, with all things considered, is a good weapon and a writing utensil so you can write the police a help note. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) From friendly neighborhood (laughs) Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, no. You're not going to stick around and fight them. You're going to incapacitate and get out of there. Let's talk about technique now. Again, like we said, because this is a last-ditch effort, you're going to be already close to them. Options for fleeing are gone. So you need to hold the pen in a very tight fist, like we did with the key, but it's a little bigger. So you can go overhand for striking up high with the head or stuff stuff up there, or strike underhand to get low in the knees. Yeah, so what makes this specific object so effective? Well, like I said before, I'd say one reason is just because a pen is so unassuming. You can take it anywhere. You can take a pen into the airport. Exactly. Unlike a knife, because that's illegal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Knives are very iffy. I'll say that. Just if you don't get anything out of this episode is don't take knives into the airport. <laughs> like that other episode. Yes, you don't need to experience it to know that it's it's illegal. It's bad. Don't do that. Yeah, take a word for this one. And another reason why I'd say the pen is effective is because just the pure power of your strike mixed with this now steel spike shape, a good overhand strike of this pen can punch through plywood. I know. It's pretty crazy. That sounds like it'd be enough to ward off an attacker. Yeah, I agree. So here we have two everyday tools that definitely make sense to be carried by a gentleman that double as self-defense weapons. These are things you're carrying with you that no one's going to be like, oh man, he's got a pen, he's dangerous. But maybe you're thinking, hey, 
what about a knife that we talked about? And I'm going to stop you right there. While we have talked about the importance of carrying a small pocket knife in a previous episode, I'm not going to emphasize it as a self-defense weapon. If you are trained in knife fighting, okay. But if you are unexperienced as we are, it may not be a good option. And here is why. Reason number one, it puts you in close proximity to the bad guy to be effective. Like we talked about, you don't want to be close. Nope. Number two, it is most likely the bad guy will also be armed, either with a gun, which is an instant loss for you. If you've ever heard the expression, you brought a knife to a gunfight, that's where that came from. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And if he has a knife too, you don't want to get caught up in a knife fight. And just the third reason is like we said, a lot of different kind of knife carries are illegal in most places and cannot be brought in with you. Yeah, especially if you live in a more city area like like I do. Um, a lot of places say it's uh, no concealed weapons. And yeah. That's, you know, that, I mean, it's it's good thing to have because it keeps everyone safe, but, mm-hmm. you know. Just yeah, bad. because then <laughs> say you brought your knife with you only and left behind the pen then you have to get rid of your knife when you go in there, and now you're left with nothing. You have so, no way. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as weapons, we're going to leave it here. But this segment is called Using What You Have. What else do you have? Can you think of anything else that you have? They hold 10 important things on your body. It's your <laughs> hands. That's right. Many people think to start punching, but are there some misconceptions about this? Actually, there are. (laughs) So when many go into strike, they have their hand in the fist because that's just our nature. You know, if you ever come up to someone and you go, all right, let's fight. What's the first hand shape they make is a fist hand shape. But this isn't the best way to do that. So care to tell us why? Sure, I would. I would love to. So an untrained person, on average, can throw a punch at about 60 to 80 PSI. For those of you that aren't very sciencey, like myself, that means pounds per square inch. So that's pretty impressive. However, the most common striking injury the, uh, the, the boxer's fracture, like uh, 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 Muhammad... Ali boxers, requires only 9 PSI. Oof, that doesn't sound healthy. Exactly, exactly. So you don't want to fracture your hand. And also with your fist, if it's not in a certain like exact, I think it's like lined up or something. I'm not sure. I've never had to punch anyone. But you can also fracture your wrist and your knuckles. And then, you know, he... If you do that, then you your assailant still gets to you anyway. Yeah. What's the point? <laughs> and then, then you can't escape later on even because now you're damaged. So exactly. what alternatives do we have that can still deliver a saving blow if need be? Well, first, we have the elbow strike. Ooh, I like the sound of that. Yes. it's I've done this on a pillow before. And thankfully, <laughs> I'm just going to point out here thankfully neither of us have had to use any of these uh techniques but if need be we are ready it's about preparedness and that's what this episode is about how to defend yourself if need be 
So, but so for the um, elbow strike, uh, to do it, you're gonna start with a bent elbow, and your hand open, and thumb anchored on your chest. And by keeping your thumb anchored, you prevent your arm from straightening out while striking. Now, the power of this strike is going to be coming from uh, the rotation of your core and your, uh, your elbow becomes the storing place of that momentum. Hmm. So you're swinging your whole, twisting your whole core, swinging your elbow up and bringing it around almost like a circle. Sounds pretty effective to me. Uh, care to explain why this is effective? Absolutely. And we know this, that this is uh, effective because in every movie that there's a fight sequence, this is always one of the main blows that they do. And they do it this way because the elbow is the hardest and sharpest point on the human body. And because of that, it connects to a deadly blade. Wait, what? Mm -hmm. That's right. You heard correctly. You're, again, hope I say this correct your ulna or the bone that runs through your forearm has a blade like shape so when you keep your hand open during the strike your muscles are no longer covering this blade it it's open allowing for a deadly effective blow exactly and although this strike is more for close range defense and as we said if you know you can prevent from being in close quarters with your assailant is much mm -hmm. better. But if necessary, this is probably one of your best bets on getting out. Yeah, string this together. So imagine that you're already, flight is gone. You have your key or pen or whatever. You go to jab, lose your pen for whatever reason. You're grabbed, which is most likely going to happen. Maybe you even fall to the ground. This strike lets you nail the guy in the throat, temple, or chin to get him off because... You can swing your arm up and hit him without needing a lot of distance in between. There you go. Just like that. He's off of you. You can run to a populated area and then find help later. Yes. So what if you are at a little more of a distance, though? Well, instead of using a fist, use your palm. And I actually found a whole list of reasons why your palm is more effective. Your palm? Like the soft part of your hand? This sounds interesting. I gotta hear this lay it on us yeah that's right so reason number one it protects your hand now we talked about how easy it is to break your hand with such little force so this strike uh, like a palm heel strike allows you to use so much more force without snapping your wee little bones well that's always a plus for sure for sure number two is you can't grab with a typically closed fist for punching to illustrate this, if the guy suddenly grabs you and you have to switch to like grabbing his arms or something like that, you have to take the time to open your fist and grab. Where if your hand is already open because you're striking with your palm, you can easily just grab the arm. It's a simple concept. Makes sense. Makes sense. And reason number three, weapon defense is hindered when your hand is closed. And this makes sense because you can't work around or slash shield yourself as well as you could with a fist as an open hand because that gives you room to manipulate your assailant's arms without having to close and open your fist. 
Makes sense. And number four, I like this one. Your intentions are more clear with your fists. And that is a bad thing. If your fists are tightly clenched, it's obvious what's about to go down. Like my co-host mentioned earlier, that's what everyone thinks of. You clench your fists, you bring up your hands, you're ready to punch and fight. So if your hands are seemingly relaxed or held up in the surrender, don't hurt me, I don't want to fight position, then you can catch them off guard with an explosive palm strike because your hands are already up and open. Ooh, I like that fake surrender. I know, right? Pretty cool. And the fifth reason is faster strike time. It takes longer to open your hand and curl it into a fist before striking. I know it's only microseconds that we're talking about, but that little bit of time can matter. True. Every every second counts. If anyone has ever been in, um, I'm not even talking about a, a situation uh, such as this, but if anyone has ever been in a situation like with high anxiety and, and you know, what's going to happen next, then you know every second counts. It really does. Things go really fast. Yeah. So we've talked extensively about how to use the things around you, how to use things attached to you, such as your hands. But how will ne- how will you know what is around you if you don't stay alert? So without further ado, let's move on to our next segment. We will now discuss how to have situational awareness, and we can't stress how important this skill is. Situational awareness is what can prevent you from having to fight off an attacker in the first place, which is always a plus. Yes. So let's go through some steps to how to jumpstart your awareness. Yeah, and these things, just like with everything else, is going to take time to perfect and to master, but it's definitely worth trying it. Mm -hmm. So the first way is to identify objects around you. Now, this may sound simple, but it's a lot, a lot more than you think, Uh, a lot more of everything than you think is, first of all, you have to be mindful of your surroundings. So every time you enter a new place, just take a look around, you know, like, say, okay, Say you enter a parking garage because this is where a lot of a lot of things happen. You mm-hmm. park, you get out of your car. Okay, there's the exit, there's the elevator, there's this, there's this, there's this, and uh, and um, that way you can see what can be used around you if necessary. You know, mm-hmm. for for some reason, if there's a, a random table or chair in a parking garage, you know. Mm-hmm you can use that or if there's a trash can you can use that doors walls you know you can look around you to see what can be used and just taking a few out or we're not saying uh, sit there pen and paper draw your surroundings now that's going to take way too long and then you're going to you know be late for whatever you have planned on doing but just you know take a look around you enter a new office building a new parking garage a new anything just look around you five seconds one two three four five done continue 
Yeah, as you're walking even. And that's where practice comes into play because it might be hard at first, but eventually you should get out and boom, boom, weapon, obstacle. Okay, got the lay of the land, keep going. And then you got that in your mind. Yes. So that's the goal. So now on to the next step. We've identified the objects around us. Let's identify the people. Now, it is equally important to detect and observe the people around you. Now, this doesn't mean be a stalker, of course. Be a gentleman. <laughs> yes. But this does mean watch out for odd behavior. Mm-hmm. People who are acting nervous or agitated, acting outside the norm. Here's a little practice assignment. You can monitor the people around you in your everyday life, like your family or coworkers, if you are still in work. We are being sorry to, if you are. <laughs> yeah. Being able to detect inconsistencies or distress in others allows you to anticipate dangerous situations and also improves your ability as a gentleman. Yeah. As you know, just think and if you're like, well, I don't know how to tell when someone, you know, is nervous. Think about yourself. How do you get when you're nervous? You start sweating, you mm-hmm. look around, you're tapping your foot. Now, again, we're not saying go to the extremes and call 911 because a guy is, you know, bouncing his leg up, you know, up and down. I do that all the time. And it's because I have <laughs> uh, ADHD. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, just so don't go to the extreme and be like, oh, he's nervous. He's going to do something. Oh, she's nervous. You know, this. Use your reasoning. <laughs> yeah. And also don't pull out like a a pad and a pen and like start taking notes on people no this is that's why it takes practice because you gotta just real quick observe all right that person is acting a little weird maybe i'll start heading the other way type thing yeah so after that if you have you've looked around your surroundings you've looked for possible weapons you know in case it's necessary you've uh, looked at people you know anything odd that's happening um now what now a very important step a crucial step identify entry and exit points you know if if you've ever been to a movie theater or wherever they always say the ex there's exits here exits here and exits here you know mm-hmm. in case of in in case of in you know emergency leave at the exit closest to you and that's so everyone can leave in an orderly fashion mm-hmm. and so every time you come into a new location pick out all of the points of entry and exit now this skill is key because it makes you able to escape a fight and as we said that's the whole goal of this is mm-hmm. flee first but if you can't these are the options you can do it's you know this is even better you know escaping a fight is even better than being able to fight or use the skills you know it's uh even if you really want to use those skills that we talk about escaping is always better because you're not putting your life in danger yeah definitely so this should be one of the first things you do you walk into a room got your objects people exits got it so you're ready yes so that one's very important. All right, this next one, this may be the hardest to learn, in all honesty, because this is predicting danger before it happens. Now, that might sound kind of weird, but what that means is when you enter a new environment, assess your surroundings like we have done before, 
and then try to imagine what would happen if things went south. For example, what is that? What if that drunk man there suddenly gets aggressive? <laughs> so think of two potential scenarios that could happen and then also how you would handle them so you're ready. Especially if you're in a city situation like myself, there's a lot of people um, that like to drink and a lot of them are drunk. And so if you walk around the city at night, like I've done uh, in the past, you need to be ready. You need to be yes. be prepared, be looking. Yeah. Now, remember, this does not mean that you should live in constant fear and anxiety. Right. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. But actively working on your ability to identify potential threats can improve your situational awareness and your reaction speed so that you can get yourself help get out of there much faster. Yeah, like I love living uh, in the city. I love living in the city. It's, you know, everything is so close. There's so much good food. There's good music. I love living in the city. I just, it, it just means I need to be more aware to my, yes. you know, everything that's happening around me than to someone who, you know, lives in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You know? Adjust to where you are. Exactly. Like if if you live, I don't know, um, in, I don't know, a really flat place, Arizona maybe, I don't know, mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere, you wouldn't need to copy so many things as we're saying because uh, honestly, if you, if you live in Arizona, I apologize, I've never been to Arizona. Um, I've just heard that it's very desert-like. Um, and so... If you live there, you may not have to follow as many things as as we're saying, you know. But, hey, if you, if you still want to listen yeah. to this episode, go for it. <laughs> but that's another key thing, a word that we've been saying, new location, new environment. Mm -hmm. That means even when you're traveling and you make a stop in another city, maybe you're from a place that's really rural. Maybe you live rural. But then you stop in the city, you got to go to shopping or something have this stuff in mind because you're not familiar with that place. You got to be even more situationally aware. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And another uh, way is to keep a realistic mindset. You're not always safe. Yeah. You're not. That's just sadly how. It's a sad truth. Yeah. There are some crazy people out there and you're not always safe. So stay vigilant. I mean, of course, it's more comfortable to go through your life on your phone, listening to music or whatever. But this can have uh, serious consequences. Yeah. Like, like um, if you're in the city, you're on your phone, you have a both, both of your headphones in, you know, not even talking about in, you know, assailant, you have to cross the street. You don't hear a car coming, boom. Yep. Yeah. And so to be situationally aware means you have to be constantly vigilant. Now, this may feel and may sound mentally exhausting, but eventually it will just become a habit that, you know, doesn't require much to to keep up but yeah. this does mean you have to put down your phone and stop reading text while walking in unfamiliar territory 
and always there's the option if yeah. you feel uncomfortable, call someone. You know, yes. be talking to someone, and I. That's one of the main steps that um, the official websites have said. If you feel unsafe, call someone, and then that way you can be talking to someone, and the assailant is more likely to go away. You know. Yeah. Exactly. That goes right into our last step, which is trust yourself. Because at this point, you're already using your situational awareness skills we talked about above. You're looking for things. You're ready to go. But you have to trust your feelings now because if the environment around you is making you feel a little off, probably means something is off and you should get out of there now. So Stopping to second guess yourself could actually put you in more danger. Yeah, trust trust that gut feeling that you get. Everyone has it. Everyone has this gut feeling when something feels off or wrong or, or they're like, I don't I don't really know about this, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe we shouldn't then don't. Don't do it. Because something bad, you know, I, I'm not gonna say that something bad always happens. But if it does, then you're going to be kicking yourself later and be like, I should have listened to what to my gut. I, I, sh- I should have listened, you know, especially if you're alone. Yeah. And like we said, especially if you're in new territory that you're not sure about, if you are walking along and you're staying aware and you start observing weird behavior, certain people, or just you get a weird feeling, don't ignore that. At least, like my co-host said, at least call somebody up. So you got someone on the other line, maybe even ask them for advice, get to a nice public area, mm-hmm. do something to get out of Dodge before it all goes south. Exactly. Exactly. And this applies uh, if you're going uh, from uh, a, a, a one city to another city, even if you've been there before. You know, like I've been to the, the city of Charlotte countless times countless times but still every time I go I'm still aware of what's happening because I don't want to end up on one of the news stories yeah you know just yeah an assailant's not going to look at your license plate and be like oh he's from here he's good (laughs) you know I'm not going to attack him today no if you're being oblivious to your situation walking along on your phone easy target Exactly. And but that doesn't mean that you can't listen to music if you're walking alone. I listen to music all, all the time. My life revolves ar- uh, around music. Just make sure that you only have one in and you can still hear the world passing around you. Yeah. And if you get into a little bit of a dicey area that you're not sure about, never been there, maybe pause your music as you go through there because sure. the music is great. But the music will be there, and you won't if you get killed. <laughs> exactly. Just saying. <laughs> exactly. Even if it's your your favorite song, push pause. That's why they made pause buttons. <laughs> yes. Pause the music. Look around you. Uh, uh, make sure. And always, always. It, we didn't uh, cover this, but this is uh, uh, something that I have a lot of friends that, who came from uh, New York City. And they said, always, always, always act confident even if you're lost even you know act confident because you know people can tell and they're like oh are you lost like yeah i am and like oh let me help you boom you're you know you're 
uh, a victim, you know, but if you act confident, you know, even like I said, uh, if you're lost, which is, let me tell you, it's very difficult because I've been lost a couple times. It's very yes. uh, difficult to be confident when you're lost, but act confident and you'll do, you'll do fine. You'll be okay. Yep. Prepare and be ready. Yes. Now, all this is is being said in this episode um, with hopes that you're never in these situations. Uh, we hope that you are never in a situation where you have to use these, um, especially, you know, your keys as weapons or a pen as a weapon. But knowing how everything is going, sadly, you might. <laughs> That's just the reality of how things are. And always keep up with news stories from around your area because there might be something that you missed you know just you know ask people like hey what's this like oh it's this okay or hey what's this like oh this okay you know keep up with everything exactly you know the the most important thing is you know that you don't you know or, or, you know you're not rocky balboa you're not Muhammad Ali. You're not a superhero. Don't look for fights. You You're know, not in a movie. It. Exactly. You know, because let you in on a little secret. Fights in movies are choreographed. That's true. I know. I just blew your mind. But <laughs> fights in movies are choreographed by a stunt choreographer to, you know, make whoever they want win. Even if it's based on a true story the fight scenes are still choreographed and they've made it look that way with special effects and the fighters are ready for the fight i i think that is the biggest thing the fighters in a movie are ready they've choreographed everything that does not compare to you being suddenly jumped (laughs) while walking down the street like huge difference you got adrenaline going you're surprised you were probably doing things and something else exactly exactly and they have said that when your adrenaline gets going, you do have more strength, but that still doesn't make you Superman. Yeah. Like you still don't have enough strength to fight off an assailant who, if you know, they're a constant assailant, a persistent assailant, they've done this before. They have experience and you don't, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to say you, you don't have experience. And we're not saying that because we don't have experience either. We've thankfully we've never been in a situation such as this, but we have been to the city. We both love being in the city. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I grew up in the city. And so it's just kind of something, you know, to keep in mind, you know, just be vigilant, be looking. Situational awareness. Exactly. Most, most important thing. And so out of, out of everything, what do you think the most important lesson for this episode is today? I'd say staying prepared. Definitely. I agree 100%. There's no other way to put it. If you're, you know, uh, prepared, you'll do fine. You know, like, look where you're going. Uh, You know, like, if you need to get from one point of the city to the other, uh, you know, especially if you work in the city, if you you want to get from one point to uh, another point, look uh, around you and be like, okay, I can take this, this street connects to this one and this one. 
and you can have a course mapped out in your head. And then hopefully you won't get lost like I like I would. But uh, still, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that wraps up our episode for today. We hope that you learned some stuff. Yeah. And I feel really comfortable saying that this is a vitally important skill for a gentleman or even a gentlewoman. Is that even a word? I don't know. Yeah. We just made it up. We'll say it is. It's a word now. Anywho, make sure to practice these skills that we learned today. I know you're going places. You got to eat. You got to go to the store. Use your Mm -hmm. situational awareness especially sadly with how things are going you uh a gentlewoman sadly might have to use these skills and be more prepared than as gentlemen will yeah sad truth but we hope this helps you at least be a little more prepared um for this and a, a real quick we'd like to shout out our sources for today's knowledge if you know if you guys want to look up more uh information on these so the first is a, a website uh k p c self defense again k p c self defense and that's where we found the information about uh good striking and we just used a tiny little bit about the palm strike there's a lot more on that website yeah the second website is Krav Maga Worldwide. That's Krav Maga Worldwide. They have a good article about situational uh, awareness. Yes. You know? And finally, uh, our, uh, our returning source, 100 Deadly Skills, the book by Clint Emerson. Again, 100 Deadly Skills, the book by Clint Emerson. So if you guys want more information, you can you, you can go uh, uh, check that out. I'm sure there's a lot more info than we can talk about. In, yeah. uh, and I think we're about like 45, 46 minutes. There's a bunch more uh, mm-hmm. information. This is just scratching the surface on being prepared and, and being ready. Yep, typical to our style. We just covered the basics, and we'll come back and hit it again later. So... As always, feel free to contact us with suggestions and thoughts. All things will be linked in the description, so make sure you don't miss out on those things. And this won't be our last episode on this topic, so keep your eyes open for more down the road. Yes, thank you very much for listening. We will see you next Thursday on another episode of the Modern Fedora Podcast. Don't forget to wear a fedora.